0: I came to you and I wanted to create like a big vision for my career and, you know, start building a career path that kind of optimized me and allowed me mm-hmm. to make all of my career, you know, dreams happen in one lifetime.
1: That's Sanaz Desai Param. I'm Cara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. So you were very kind to let me go run and grab my hot tea. Mm -hmm. It's critical when I'm recording multiple episodes back to back, which is what we usually do. Yeah. And I would really like someone to upgrade the electric kettle where you can stop the water boiling before it is too hot. Yeah, I agree.
0: (laughs) Everything else has levels to it. The kettle should have levels to it as well.
1: Yeah, because now my tea is here and I'm going to have to wait probably until the entire episode is done before I can ever (laughs) drink it. (sighs) Yeah. I'm really excited that I get to talk to you today. You are a woman who is crushing goals that you've set for yourself. You are one of those people who are really powerful, really influential, and I can't believe that more people don't know who you are. and. I had the pleasure of meeting you when I was in Sweden a few yeah. months ago. So before we go any further, let's tell everyone who you are, where you are in the world, and what you're up to.
0: Thank you, Kara. I'm excited to be here. Um, I've listened to a lot of your episodes, and I love every one of them. And um, super inspiring, and it's always great to, um, to connect with you as well. Um, I'm sitting in Sweden, so there's a little bit of a time difference and um, it's 8 30 here so it's in the evening but the sun's out you know and, and in Sweden in summer it's bright 24 7 which is super exciting we have two to three months per year, so I'm excited for that
1: Um gosh where do I start um what well, do you let's start with your day job maybe we start there yeah okay um oh wait well, did you pack, say your name yet did I skip over names I don't think we said Names. Okay, well, then let's tell everyone your name first. Okay. My
0: name is Sanas and for the past nine years, I've contributed to the brand success and digital growth for Axel Arigato, which is um, described as a high growth, digital native brand that has quickly become a leading player within the global premium sneaker market. And I have a leadership role as a brand director and founding employee. I joined the founders at the age of 20 as their third hire while I was still in business school. Um, you know, I've worn many hats throughout the startup journey, but in my current role, I'm responsible for instilling the vision of the creative director. And I oversee a team of over a dozen across brand marketing, image, and retail design. So that basically means I work with anything that you see, anything that has a logo on it, um, anything that's consumer-facing.
1: Um yeah. You know, we've had so many fun conversations about the future of the fashion and streetwear world and how things are changing. And what's been really unique about Axel Arigato is that you guys put so much emphasis on events and community and customer feedback. Yeah. Did that come from like a need? Did it come from, again, of course, that's where we would start. Like why has that been a brand value and so important for you guys? I think for multiple different reasons, I guess, you know,
0: when you know the consumer, you know how to talk to them. And I think for me, you know, growing up as an Iranian immigrant in a very homogenous country like Sweden, um, I was an outsider, you know, for my entire life. And by having that kind of exposure in terms of, you know, what not being included feels like has really triggered me to want to connect with people and start conversations. And I think all of us kind of just looked at brand building differently because we were, you know, um, living among brands that weren't necessarily relating to us. And I think for us, being from Sweden, you know, not having any prior exposure to the fashion industry, not having any industry contacts and just my personal experiences, we wanted to start conversations and, you know, for us, we wanted to invite our community, um, into space with like-minded people to spaces where they can feel a sense of belonging, finding a sense of direction and purpose, um, And I think after just decades of customers being talked down to, we've pivoted to be much more and we've built our brand doors as um, kind of open doors to the outside world and allowing us to, you know, co-create with our customers and really build a brand that is a reflection of what the next generation believes in.
1: Um, I think it's really smart. You know, there's... A a power in having done things before, but there's also a disability in having done things before. And I wish that more businesses, more founders, more marketing people would approach it assuming that they know nothing. I Mm -hmm. actually think it makes it easier to be in that space of curiosity and really listening and kind of asking questions in in a way where you don't know what the answer might be. Because it's so yeah. easy if you know more than you should put <laughs> it in, in a business space to assume you know the answer and not keep checking in and asking. And it's such a missed opportunity to build real relationships with your customer. And as you said, it's such a great quote, if we don't know who they are, we don't know how to talk to them. Yeah, 100%. it's really true.
0: Yeah, and I think in general, just fashion is at a place where like you need to question everything, you know, why and how you make things. And I think when you start off young or inexperienced, or you start up, start off as a, you know, in the position of um, being an outsider and um, you don't really see any obstacles, you know, you're not constrained by the old rules and ways of thinking. And you just have the audacity to be different because you don't really know anything else. And I think that's been the success of our brand, at least, by throwing out the tradition.
1: Which also just adds a whole level of cool to the brand right away. Like if you're throwing out what all the big guys are doing. Um, It's also a a core area of Axel has been the sustainability piece. Mm -hmm. Has that always been part of the original mission? Or is that something that you listen to your customers and added in? Like where did that commitment come from?
0: I think for whatever that we do, our mission remains the same, which is to create a positive platform around the brand. Um, And sustainability has a big part of that. I think for us being a brand that's in constant dialogue with our consumers, um, it's always been really important for us to engage with our audience in a positive and inspirational way. And you know, we want to make a positive difference in people's lives. I think for us it goes beyond just offering sneakers. We are very much driven by our values. They shape our strategy, they shape our um, day-to-day business. So as a whole, we focus on creating, you know, not only exceptional products um, and not only exceptional and impactful conversations and events, but we also really work hard on contributing positive to the environment into society. Um, And that's always been kind of a core component for us.
1: In the past year that I've known you and we've been hanging out, you've been really focused on expanding your ability to help other people. You've learned so much while you've grown with Axel and you continue to be a powerhouse at that brand you felt an opportunity and saw a possibility to give other brands that are in different spaces some support in how most companies are not running their marketing teams well at all, let alone don't even have a marketing team. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and additionally, you also wanted to be sharing your story because your story as an individual is also so powerful. You mentioned before that you were an Iranian immigrant into Sweden. And when you landed in Sweden, did you go directly to Gothenburg or did you were you in Stockholm first? Like how did you end up in Gothenburg?
0: Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> I just want to end up in Gothenburg. <laughs> um, I I was actually I was born in Iran, right? I'm a first generation immigrant born in Iran in 1994 and then I was raised in Sweden. By that time, my parents were already living in Sweden my older sister is born in Sweden. Um, They went to Iran because my mom wanted to have her support system around her when she gave birth. She had a very hard and tough birth with my sister, and she just wanted to be back into that safe space. Um, It's interesting in terms of how they ended up in in Sweden. I think back then, you know, right after revolution and war, um, Iranians kind of left the country and Sweden was one of those. Places where people could see themselves building up a a second home. I think the way that Sweden is built is it's very, you know, democratic. It gives you an opportunity to to build a life, um, whilst also you know having that safety net in terms of the support that you get from the government. Um, but it's interesting, you know, when I when I grew up, it was still a very homogenous country, a very segregated country. Um, and I grew up in an area in East Gothenburg that was called Sudegongen. It's a quite unusual looking neighborhood. It's a you know a dozen or so houses grouped around seven courtyards. The facade of the building were covered with, you know, orange colored tiles. Even to this day, I, I hate orange. Um, <laughs> it was initially built for students, but it eventually kind of became um, you know, inhabited by other housing categories as well, and mostly immigrants. But the interesting part of that was that it was um, kind of located in the middle of a pretty affluent neighborhood. So you were constantly reminded that, you know, you had less. So it was a real love-hate relationship with that place. But I guess today I kind of look back and um, give a lot of credit to my upbringing in that environment because I think it taught me a lot about just the importance um, of community. And, um, you know, we didn't have much, but we had each other. And even to this day, you know, the people that we grew up with are family to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that I bring a lot of that into my work today.
1: Yeah. And you, so you grew up in Gothenburg, you happened to f- stumble upon this cool footwear brand that's actually going to be based in Gothenburg, which Um, is unusual for Europe and for Sweden. And now you have a life that's going between Gothenburg and London quite often. Yeah. How do you balance all of that travel? Like you have a very demanding day job. You're kind of living lives in two different countries. Um, How do you make it all work and keep your sanity? It's a
0: good question. To be honest, You know, I travel a lot for work around every other second week, um, which I love. You know, I get the perfect balance between busy London city life and then coming back to Gothenburg to kind of rest and get your energy back. But I don't really look for work-life balance. It's not something that I necessarily strive for. I've always been like, what is that? I think for me, it's always been important to try to like, find harmony you know if I'm successful in work, I'm going to be much happier in my private life, and vice versa and I think that is what I strive for, you know mm-hmm. um and just the feeling of kind of self- fulfillment and self-realization and for me, that is almost what matters the most, and there is you know sacrifices um to get there, but you know again I think Just by not looking for balance, um, I find harmony instead.
1: Mm -hmm. One of the first conversations we ever had was that you wanted to start getting featured in important publications. Your wish list was to be on the Forbes 30 Under 30. You wanted to be featured in some fashion magazines. And I'm really proud of you because you checked off two really big boxes very quickly. (laughs) So let's, so you were nominated for, um, 30 under 30 Europe, correct? Yes. And you're within marketing. Yeah. Within marketing. So many people want to be on their 30 by 30 list and you did it. Like, was it easy? Was it hard? Was it simply doing it? Like same with getting into, into Vogue, like you were published in Vogue telling your story. Yeah how did you make this happen?
0: Well, you played a big part in that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth. You know, I came to you and I wanted to create like a big picture vision for my career and, you know, start building a career path that kind of optimized me and allowed me mm-hmm. to make all of my career, you know, dreams happen in one lifetime. In my role today And for the past nine years, I'm extremely used to wearing multiple hats. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with my career. And I wanted to reinvent myself. Um, But I think in order to do that, I needed to get really, really clear about where I wanted to go. And that was a lot of the work that you and I did together. Like, how do we look at customizing a career path where I can activate all of my dreams? And... You taught me pretty early on about setting specific goals for myself and being very, very clear with how I'm spending my time and not just sail through the process. And um, and so, yeah, I credit a lot of that to you. I think when you know where you're going, it's it's a lot easier to get there.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that, and I know that you did all the hard work of reaching out and pitching yourself and. Actually writing the articles and writing um what you needed to for Forbes just to know that you existed, let alone know the impact that you've created. You know, yeah. it's so easy to give a lot of credit to the brands. Like, look at this amazing marketing Nike's doing. Look at the amazing marketing that um Ferrari's doing. But behind that are really amazing people who are crafting those strategies. And right part of our conversation was how do we pull you out from behind the brand name and allow yourself to be recognized as a core player in really how Axel is changing e-commerce and direct-to-consumer business models. Yeah. Because you've had to figure so much of it out on your own. And we should, of course, give equal credit to the two co-founders, right? Of like just figuring out as a family Like, this is what we got to do. Like, how do we do it? And I think that there's a missing in whenever corporations don't want people to shine Mm -hmm. outwardly. uh, It's such a missed opportunity to brag about who's on your team and to acknowledge that it really takes a village to make anything truly successful work. Yeah. How, How has it felt for you to go from behind being behind the brand of Axel to mm-hmm. like stepping into the space of like, no, like now it's me. like you get to meet me now,
0: yeah, I mean, I've been always super happy to kind of let the product and the brand speak for itself. I'm always you know I've always been extremely grateful to just be a part of the process. Um, but I guess in in the works I've done with you, it was a lot about how do I claim my space. And for me, that was a very active decision that I had to take. Like, I'm not going to stand by the wall anymore. I'm not going to hide in the shadows of self doubt and imposter syndrome, but I'm going to step out and claim and my space. Um, and I think since then, I feel like I'm living a life that has a lot more joy and, and laughter because I'm able to really focus on, you know, for me it was a very active decision in terms of I'm not gonna stand stand behind the wall anymore. I'm not gonna hide in the shadows of self-doubt and imposter syndrome. I'm going to step out and, and fully play my space and, you know, live a life um full of self-realization. I think that's what makes me the most happy. I've kind of tried to just let the years go by and you know And focus on the work. But I think at the core of it, with anything that I'm trying to do, I just want to connect with people. You know, I want to get my voice out there. I want to have opinions. I want to meet fantastic people and surround myself with new perspectives. And I think stepping out in the light allows me to do that a lot more.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's so many interesting people and places and products like there's a quote I had hanging up for a long time that said my favorite place to go is somewhere I've never been before Mm. and it's true like I mean I love going back to favorite restaurants or favorite cities but there's something about being in a space where you don't know where you are and you don't know what it's going to look like there's the anticipation of what am I going to discover here or with this group that I know really fulfills me and even turns on a different part of my brain than I get to tap into on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, 100%. I agree. And I agree. And I think that learning is an important element to everyone's experience. And you know, how do you grow if you're not putting yourself out there in new environments?
1: Yeah. Have you ever taken the Strength Finder test? I haven't. What is that? Well, it's one of the many kind of personality tests that's out there. I love it because their philosophy is there's like 32 or 34 kind of uh, strength types. And you test to figure out how you rank in all the categories. Mm -hmm. But it tells you to not focus on where you have weaknesses, but really to lean in on where your strengths are. Right. And usually your top five are pretty consistent throughout your adult lifetime. They might move a little bit around, but mine time and time again is, is learning. Like if I'm learning, I'm engaged, I'm interested. If I already know how to do something, it's really hard for me to be excited about something. Yeah. And, And if I already know how to do it, then it has to be great people or new products or there has to be a new element to it. Otherwise, I'm like, mm, I'll just have a cocktail and hang out on the beach instead. Like, we're good. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, it... I 100% agree. Mm-hmm.
2: I think you
0: need to constantly um, get exposed to something new um, to be able to grow and to be able to also bring that back into your business, like the way that you shape your business. Like, that needs to you know, be connected to what's happening in the outside world and you need to be a part of the outside world. Mm -hmm.
1: Did you grow up speaking Swedish and Farsi at home or mostly was your family like, let's focus on Swedish? I think it was a shift. We started out Mm -hmm. with, with
0: Farsi and Swedish was actually my second language. But when I started kindergarten, I did not open my mouth. And the teachers finally kind of went to my parents and said, okay, you need to stop speaking Farsi at home. She needs to be integrated into society, which means learning the language. And from that day, they started only speaking Swedish with me. But, I've, you know, I've always kind of been trapped between two cultures, right? Two identities, two nationalities, two cultures, mm-hmm. two languages. Um, and I've had to kind of figure figure that out along the way.
1: And now, probably a third of English and global. Like, there is, when I was living abroad in Europe, there was a lot of conversations happening about this whole new generation of, of global children. Right. Uh, people who were moving around because of their parents' jobs, or their parent might be English, their mother might be Swedish, and they might grow up in Hong Kong. And right. it's this weird multicultural overlap. And how people who are of the global nature just approach so many things differently. Like yeah. Global mindset of people are like, Brexit is ridiculous. <laughs> like It's the opposite <laughs> of what we should be doing. And yeah. globally minded people get upset about the fact that why do we still have different, like plug adapters anywhere in the world? Like, thank goodness for mm. USB and how it's becoming universal. Yeah. Um, but there's just a different mindset of, Like knowing that you, your identity doesn't have to come from a specific place and a specific food and a specific way of being. Like there's a little bit of freedom, I think, to pick and choose a bit. Not that you can ever truly escape from that core, like origin identity, but there's options to not get stuck in one place as well. How has the, as you've gone from two cultures to getting exposure to, to more and more global cultures, do you feel more powerful, more free, more inspired? I do. I think,
0: you know, being a third culture kid, it has allowed me to move between cultures and, Mm -hmm. you know, have the opportunity to actually develop my own personal and cultural identity and, you know, being able to take parts of what I love about the Iranian culture and blend that with parts that I love, you know, about um, Swedish culture. And I think it just makes you see the world differently because you're exposed to a greater volume and variety of influences. Um, and I'm super grateful for that experience and, and having that exposure early on in my life.
1: What do you think it means to be powerful?
2: What do I think it means to be powerful? I think
0: being powerful means claiming your space. I think it means going against Ukraine. It means being resilient. It means living the world on your terms.
1: And do you feel like you get to be powerful on a regular basis? Or do you feel like power is something that you're constantly expanding into?
0: I think it's constantly something that I'm expanding into, but it's also something that I guess needs to be on the top of my agenda. Um, Mm And... I think, again, you have to, like, make an active decision of how you're going to live your life. You know, are you going to step out and claim your space? Or are you going to hide and stand behind the wall? I think that's an active decision that you make every day by waking up, telling yourself you're more than enough, um, and you're, you know, excited and ready for what's next.
1: I wish more people were asking themselves that question like there's i don't know i think the populational awareness of this is expanding yeah but I, I don't i don't think there's enough people who know that you really can have whatever life you want mm-hmm. and it may not be exactly what you initially thought it it's probably going to be better and better suited for you Yeah. But if you want something like go get it, like go figure out how you can have it and be curious about what you discover and gain along the way. Mm. There's the idea that an amazing life is for someone else. Yeah. A lie. And honestly, it's like heartbreaking for me. Yeah. Um, It is. And and you mentioned it as well. Oh, sorry. Don't go for it. Well, you, you mentioned earlier that It's about a timing. Like you've you've already spent enough years letting work lead, or you spent enough years letting things fall where they may. And you're like, okay, now it's time for me to be intentional because I don't want to wait anymore for the life that I want. And like that's like when we first talked, and I was like, I yes, I want to work with you because yes, I want more people asking that question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when I started working with you, it was really more so in a quest of like customizing my career path. And I think very early mm-hmm. on, I think it ended up being more so a journey of just growing my soul. And I think you had one it was one question that you had in the beginning and you said, like, how did you get here? And I think I started like explaining, you know, I went to business schools, I emailed the farmers a million times. And so, you know, they said yes to me. I started with customer service, and now I obviously a team over a dozen. And I wasn't really able to finish until you stopped me. You were like, no, 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 how did you get here? Like what patterns, and experiences, and behaviors mm-hmm. like made you who you are? And I just remember like that question stopping me in my tracks. And I stammered and pretty quickly realized, you know, she's not gonna come back with anything profound. <laughs> um and I think you said something in line with like, you know, if you want to fly, if you want to you know, customize a career path that optimizes you, you need to understand how you got here because you need to do something different or maybe do more of the same and um, to get you somewhere else. And that was such an interesting and profound moment for me because I always thought of myself as someone that knows who she is. And um, like, no question, like, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know where I'm heading. But I think since then, it has kind of become like central question in terms of like digging a bit deeper and figuring out like what are those situations that I face in my private life in my professional life that you know and what are those experiences that have had an impact of my identity and I think that's an important part of, of, of figuring out who you are and um, so that you can truly you know um
2: unleash yourself
1: yeah I- it's such it's for me it's a really fun exercise to walk through somebody with because we're we're so good at accepting the labels other people gave us we're so good at yeah. accepting what we like or what we've done as our identity um and we don't we don't see the the magic of, yeah. of who we are and what we do and don't realize like we're we're really bad personal anthropologists most of the time. Yeah. yeah. And when we're able to take a step back and and see ourselves in a third person as best we ever can, mm. or to engage the people around us to give us a little bit of a mirror, to to ask us like, what are the things I do that I don't even realize I do? The good and the bad. Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting what comes back and doesn't mean that what other people see or say is right or wrong, but it's really interesting feedback. And mm-hmm. honestly I think it goes back to how you approach customers. Like you mm-hmm. have to go and get curious about who they really are. And that's really all I think I was asking you at that time is yeah. Like from the outside looking in like you're super rad. Like okay, awesome. Like I want to know how you got here because mm-hmm. if you know how you got somewhere, you can show somebody else. Yeah. But if you don't remember if you weren't recording the journey you took you're like i have no idea i just woke up one day i was here so bye <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: it's interesting like you have you know a trainer for this you have you know another professional for that but very rarely do we have someone that actually like guides you to help you see yourself like who you truly are before the world kind of decided that for you mm-hmm. and i think when you start discovering like the roots of your identity, like what, you know, why do you do what you do? Why do you feel the way you feel? Why do you think the way you think? Like your identity literally runs everything. Like it runs your behavior, it runs your performance, it runs how you show up in your relationships. And I think just the acknowledgement of what has been running you will put you in that driver's seat so that you Mm -hmm. can, you know, create that life that you've always wanted. And many of us just, don't take the time to really um go
1: on that journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so anyone listening now, please start doing that journey. <laughs> and if if you need a tool, I actually have one. So DM me on yes. Instagram, I'll send whoever wants the tool. Um yes. so you're in this position now where you're leading this team, you're still crushing it in the marketing space for Axel, you're stepping into your leadership there. You've been published by Vogue. You've been awarded 30 by 30 or 30 under 30 by Forbes. You know, what's next for you? And what are you excited about for the rest of this year? I mean,
0: I, you mentioned it. And I think one of the most empowering decisions was the moment that I chose to write articles for Vogue about the Iranian revolution that's been spearheaded by women. and. You know, during the past nine years of my professional life, we've, you know, been successful with a lot of things. We've from the company and, you know, and from zero employees to 200 employees. We're in multiple markets. We have 14 stores. But there probably hasn't been like a single other moment for me that lives up to just seeing that article go live. And I think, it again, it comes back to identity for most part of my life. Like, I've sat on the sidelines. I've been waiting for someone to tell me that it's ok to be Iranian. And so, when it came to a situation like that, like, if I didn't use every platform that was available to me to create awareness, then I would be letting down, you know, the 10 year old me that wished that someone would have done it for her. So, I'm wanting to shift a lot of my energy to more impact work. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to essentially make sure that, you know, Um, every part of our identity is celebrated and not discriminated, and that we can allow for, you know, the next generation of Iranians, of other minorities, to just see their ethnicity or gender or however they identify themselves being represented through the beauty that exists and just being different. Um, And, you know, that we can come together and kind of allow the next generation to feel like they can be themselves and still experience success and navigate the world with confidence. So that's what I'm excited for, like a lot more impact work.
1: Yeah, love that. We asked everyone on the podcast where they put themselves in the Powerful Lady scale, if zero equals everyday human and 10 equals most powerful lady possible, where would you put yourself on that scale today? And where would you put yourself on that scale on an average day? Well.
0: Being Swedish has made me very modest. Um, so I would probably put myself maybe on a six.
2: Um, but
0: yeah, I, I think that there is more that, you know, um, I can do for myself on a daily basis to continue to live the life that I want to live. And for me, it's about just being brave. And I think I can be a lot more brave um, on a daily basis to get myself up to a 10.
1: Well, and yeah, and and you occur to me as someone who's done so much and like is just getting started. You know, when you find that bravery and you are able to see yourself in a, like your version of yourself keeps getting more and more clear, I think, as we age and gain wisdom and visibility to ourselves (laughs) more. Um, but when you start taking that step, it just tells me that you're like turning up the fire, like what you were able to do in, in just a few months, right. Once you decided like I'm doing it and then I'm excited about what's next and where you're going. And you know, I, I'm excited for other people to also want to have you be part of what they're up to and to be following you because and there's so many interesting things that are going to be coming your way. And I'm so curious, like the impact you make and who you choose to to work with and interact with and contribute to, because, you know, we have not seen you at maybe even an eight power, you know? So I'm excited about it.
0: Thank you, Cara. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think I'm an ambitious person. I look for progression in everything that I'm doing. And again, like, you know, I've, I've spent my time just kind of, you know, sailing it through trusting the process. It makes me miserable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'm eager to just continue to learn and grow.
1: Uh, we've also been asking everyone on the show this year, what do you need? What are you wishing for? What, how can we help you? What's on your manifesting list? This is a powerful, connected, wise community. So what would you like to ask the community for?
2: Um. Good question.
0: Um. Well, one of the things I've always wanted is a network of people to call and lean on. I think women were not as good at doing that, and you know, just finding people and that we can rely on, and especially in business, and creating a network that goes beyond sharing, but also being able to solve issues together. That's what I'm looking for.
1: Mm -hmm. And I did not, that is not a setup. I did not ask you to answer that question that way, but it's a perfect opportunity for me to pitch thrive to everyone. (laughs) Um, Well, it's just been such a treat to hang out with you. Literally every moment that I get to spend with you on zoom or when we get to meet in person, I'm just so inspired by the passion that you're bringing to excelling at work and in your life and, and really taking up the space that you deserve to be taking up. And I'm just thankful that you were willing to share your story and what you've created with myself and this community. I'm really excited to hear what everyone's core takeaways were from this conversation. Um, but just, you know, thank you for being in my life and for allowing me to be a contribution to you, but for you to do the same back.
0: Thank you, Carr. You've done so much for me in just a short period of time. You've been so supportive of me getting better at, at, at something. And the work that you do as well stands out for so many different reasons. I'm just so happy to be able to share this process with you.
1: All the links to connect with Sanaz are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit CaraDuffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.